Hey everybody, this is Harriet Kamek, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today I want to talk with you about racism in hiring. Yeah, I want to talk about that because it has come to my attention and a lot of people of color, a lot of black women, brown women, a lot of ethnic people are complaining about the same thing, that they're applying for jobs that they are qualified for jobs that are niche perhaps, but jobs that nonetheless that they have the qualifications for, they go to the interview and they're not being hired. And I want to talk about it because this is a specific and expressed action of the people who are performing the hiring. The people who are invariably in positions of hiring in corporate America are white What I have found is that since 2008, since the election of Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, the first lady, the first black female, the first black woman who became a first lady, what I have found is that there is kind of like a throwback, if you will. It's almost as if we're being punished. We are being punished because the hope that they presented is now being reflected in the causative hiring factors and the causative hiring requirements. The people who are hiring are white. So now they perhaps feel that they have to punish the rest of us because we voted for Barack Obama, who brought Michelle Obama with him. Now, I know that sounds jacked up, but it should sound jacked up because that is exactly what it is. And let me tell you how I know it's true. So a few, about a year and a half ago, I am, went back to college, right? So one of the things that the university that I attend does is that they uh, placed me on a program where I would be with a career advisor, right? And that career advisor is supposed to look at your resume. They look at your what you're studying, your course and the program, and then determine, provide you with some guidance as to where best you will fit in. For some reason, as people do, when we were talking on the phone, she befriended me and we started talking about uh, what my career goals are. Okay. So while we were talking about that, I we, we began talking. It was in 2022, so it was right after 2021. We began talking about, uh, she initiated the conversation actually about politics. I don't like talking about politics to people I don't know because my political views I have found tend to be uh, not what people think they should be, right? So... When she began talking about it, I said, well, a lot of the problems that we are having come from who is voting. And I said to her, this is a white woman on the phone. I said to her that 58% of college educated white women voted for Donald Trump in 2020. And 53% of college educated white women voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Everyone who voted for him knew that he was going to overturn Roe versus Wade, and they still voted for him nonetheless because they were trying to preserve a factor of American life, which was racism and white power. Do you know that she ended the conversation almost then? Guess what happened? Guess what happened? She never what? She never referred me to any hiring positions, and she never referred me anywhere else. 
So that set me on the path to start asking everybody else, well, what are your experiences? Well, what I'm finding out is that a lot of people who are hired and who have white supervisors, male or female, are complaining. Even people who are in their 50s and their 60s are complaining that these same white supervisors are giving them a hard time. They're making people unsure. They're making people feel uncomfortable, even when they're unionized, even when people are qualified, even when people have the specific skill sets that the job has. Take, for instance, one woman complained that she's been at this job for more than 10 years. Of course, she has a degree. In fact, because she's the only black woman in the group, guess what she found out? She was the only one with it, you know it, a college degree. The requirement for her to get that job 10 years ago was that she had to have a college degree. But the white women who were in there didn't need a college degree to do the job. I kid you not. 10 years later, she has developed specific skill sets that the other people don't have. But she does not get promoted. The other people do. All of these things are racism in the workplace. And there is a lot of this going on and no one is doing anything about it. Nobody is talking about it because people are out of their minds. We have a scenario right now where people have been talking about this for almost five years now that there are a lot of black, young black people graduating college with undergraduate degrees and graduate degrees in specific uh, skill sets. In fact, after 2008, didn't they tell us all that we should go and get STEM degrees, right? And people having done that are not getting hired. Because why? Racism. So we have this ugly factor of American life that continues to raise its ugly head. And nobody's doing anything about it. No one is brave enough to stand up and talk about it and to do something about it. Nobody wants to talk about it because, in fact, it's killing people. This is what is causing a lot of hopelessness. This is what is causing a lot of young people to take their lives and to end their lives. And you know what I'm finding? White women are at the root cause of the hiring cause. And guess what? You all are not doing anything about it. No, I couldn't get hired because they say that I have aged out of the workplace. But you know what? I have found that ageism does not apply to white people. Ageism is only applicable when there is a black and brown applicant, but it doesn't apply to white people. I kid you not. So I have an organization and I applied for funding. I got the funding in the first year, but in the second year, in my shelter, I took in a black woman with eight children under the age of 18. Guess what the funders did in the second year? They did not renew my grant. Consequently, we lost the property because, of course, the system foreclosed on us. We lost the electricity. We lost everything else because what? Because what? Because, as usual, there is racism in every facet of American life. So you have all these young people who are graduating college and they have these specific degrees and they can't get hired. People are killing themselves. They don't know what to do. It causes homelessness. Then you have young people who have specific degrees, specific skill sets. 
they get hired, they're working, and all of a sudden, they're the first ones out the door. How are they supposed to pay their bills? They have families like everybody else. So I want to ask you white folks who are listening to this, do you have any heart? Are you humans? Are you really so racist and so blinded by your color prejudices that you can't see beyond it? And I want to say to corporate America, you folks who are CEO, you people who are CEOs, when your hiring managers come to you and tell you that they can't find candidates for the job, you're actually believing them? Are you actually believing that there are no qualified candidates for the job? Do you just take what they say? Because invariably, what I found is that the hiring managers hire people whom they believe will not be a threat to them. They will not hire people who have the skills that you need to get the job done because they want people who brown nose, but they don't want people who are more qualified than they are. A few years ago, I believe it was about 10 years ago in 2012, my resume and my life is replete with uh with what you could you could refer to as examples of racism. I'll tell you all of them. A few years ago, I think it was in 2012, I was looking for a job. Yeah, I had lost my full-time job. I had a kid who was going to who was in college and I had a young a younger child who was in middle school. I needed a job. I went to hire somewhere here in Metro Detroit and the young woman who called me told me she was 22, she had just gotten out of college and she was full of her power and the fact that she could hire. And she uh, looked at my resume and then she called me back and she didn't hire me. So I didn't, wasn't really you know going to say anything or anything. But I said, just out of curiosity, just why wouldn't you hire me? And she said, because you have more experience than I have and hung up the phone. Just like that. Now, she has a college degree at the time. I didn't have one. But what did she say? She said, you have more experience than I have. And she hung up the phone. So why would she hire me if she felt that I had more experience than her and most likely could perform the job better than her? She wasn't going to hire me. This is an example of exactly what is happening in America. I had another example. A few years later, I moved on from that. I got hired uh, by an organization that is, uh, I think they've changed your name here in Metro Detroit. Uh, They're a healthcare system, yeah? And I was hired because I knew someone. That's how I got the job in the first place. Okay, so I'm working, doing my little worker bee performing my functions, going to work on time. But at the time, I had a radio show. It wasn't something I broadcasted. I never told anybody, but everybody has Facebook. And curious people that they are, they had to go look you up on Facebook. So at first, I thought maybe I should deactivate my Facebook page because, you know... You know how it is when you are the person of color in an organization, for some reason, they always seek to make an example out of you. So I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was asking my friends around me, what should I do? And they're like, no, don't deactivate your Facebook page because that is how you're going to win. But at the same time, I'm like, they're going to look me up. And surely they did. So I worked there, I began working there like in the summer 
And by April of the following year, I got what? I was invited into the vice president's office. At first, she was telling me about, I hear that you have a radio show. And I hear that you um, you are doing things in the community. And you have done all this volunteer work. And she said, I have been looking into doing some of those things. And I find that you know more about them than me. So I'm sitting there like... Nice, very well, that's congratulations, that's very good, and so on. And she said, I just wanted to meet you, because we've never met before. So this is me walking out of there saying, lady, I know you as the vice president have better things to do than to come talk to me. You have a whole vice presidency of a whole hospital system. You have live in a bigger house than me and drive a bigger car than me, so what? What? what is it? But I didn't say anything, just kept my thoughts to myself, went on about my business. Would you believe within a month she called me and they fired me? Why did they fire me? We have no more uh, uh, position available. We have eliminated your position. Is that a term that everybody is familiar with? We have eliminated your position. I was so desperate for the job. I begged them to help me. For, is there any other job I could do? Because at the time, like I said, I had a child in college. And I had one in middle school. What was I supposed to do? You know what they told me? That's not their problem. They're like, well, you can go on unemployment until you find another job. The job that they hired me for required a college degree. But I found out that the other, the white people who were there, the white women who were there, they didn't have college degrees. All they had, they had just graduated high school. And just like that, they had been working there for a while because they knew somebody who worked there. And they had good jobs, good jobs that paid well, stable jobs that give them, you know, nine to five. They can go pick up their kids after school, pays their bills, pays their mortgages. So I want to ask this question. I want to ask this question of white women. Are you feeling that this these jobs that you have, do they give you some kind of power thrill or do you all sit down when you gather in your friend groups and in your family groups and you come to the conclusion that the only thing that you can do is to degrade people? Do you enjoy the suffering of people? Do you enjoy watching people suffer? Because here's the thing. When you force people out of their jobs. You are causing undue suffering. You're causing people's lives to splinter and fall apart. People have their children. They have their mortgages. They have their bills to pay. And they can't do any of that because you have determined that you are going to fire them just because you can. Because this is this your display of power? Is it that you don't have your hands on the nuclear codes. So this is how you show people that you have power over their lives. I just want to know. Because what makes you, as a human being, sit down? You're no different from Hitler. If Hitler sat down and looked at a group of people and said he's going to eliminate those people from off the face of the earth because they had more than he did, and they were the merchants and they made money, and they were to be blamed for what Germany was broke and Germany had nothing. And he blamed the Jews and then he decided he was going to eliminate a whole group of people. You people are no different from the Nazis. What you are doing in, in corporate America is Nazism. 
Because when you look at young black men and women, young brown men and women coming out of college, armed with their degrees, educated and preferred and worked and ready for work, and you won't hire them. And here's the thing. When you do hire them, you harass them on the job. You pay them less than what you pay your white counterparts. And then you send them home within three months. So you make people homeless deliberately. These are all deliberate actions. You know what I'm finding? You don't do this in a vacuum either. You do this in concert with the CEOs, the other white people whom you report to. It may not be something that you specifically sit down and discuss, but by collective agreement, you all agree that this is the way to ensure that black people will never rise again and there will never be a Barack Obama or a Michelle Obama. Isn't that kind of weird? And here's why it's weird, because the Republican Party right now presented candidates like Vivek Ramsawamy, who is an Indian man, a very brown-skinned Indian man. So you are aware that people are out there. The second thing they're doing is presenting Nikki Haley as a, as an opposition to Kamala Harris. Although Nikki Haley does not identify as Indian, she identifies as being white. I don't know how that works, but do you see what I mean? You have made it so difficult for other people to exist that people are even denying their ethnicity just to exist. So I'm going to ask this question one more time of white women because you are in the positions of hiring. You hate everybody else so much that you will not hire black people and brown people who come to your jobs. I just saw on TikTok a young black woman from California who graduated with a degree in finance and cannot get a job in her field. She has a degree in finance. She can't get a job working in finance. Every job that she applies for, even when she's interviewed, she will not get hired. Not because she has a criminal background, not because she's unqualified. My own daughter went through that where she literally was ready to give up on life. Because why? She was, she's qualified, has the degrees, and could not get hired. So again, I'm going to ask the questions. White people, you are the ones. And let me explain something to you. With all the racist practices that you practice in America's workspaces, guess what? None of it is going to bring Donald Trump back. And here's the thing. Donald Trump is not interested in you either because guess what? You're just a means to an end. Donald Trump is a billionaire. You can't you don't fit into his class. You can't even be in the same room with him. So what's the point? He's not going to take his billions and suddenly make you a billionaire. You had a 500-year head start. Your ancestors trafficked people from Africa and trafficked people from other parts of the world to bring here to make you better. And even after 500 years, you're still the only thing that you can do is to practice racism. Just think about that. Just think, I want you to think about it. Because guess what? You have now made a group of people so fed up. They are so over it and so fed up. 
I cannot promise you that the next generation are going to sit back and watch you continue to perpetuate racism. Not when people are going to school, not when people are coming up with their degrees. And this explains why so many black women have had to become entrepreneurs because we're not getting hired, even when we're qualified. So many people have to turn to entrepreneurism and can't make it because of racism. I am so over it. A group of white women got together and decided not to fund my organization and decided that they weren't going to do it just because. Just because they thought they could when I confronted them. I said, because you think you have some power, huh? I said, just because, look at you. Is this all the power that you have? Because you certainly don't have your hands on the nuclear codes. You really want to feel power? You do not have the power <laughs> to command the nuclear codes or to command Navy ships to go strike, strike another country. It is ridiculous. And I am saying this to all of you because you are the problem. And I don't know how you expect that what goes around doesn't come around. You somehow think you're above it. How? Do, what makes you think that all these things that you're doing, you're not going to pay for it or your children are not going to pay for it? What makes you think that it is not going to come around? You denying somebody else's child. I just saw a kid, a young child on TikTok crying, begging she needs a job so desperately. And she won't get a job because of the skin she's in. I just saw another black young woman on TikTok who is tired of being uh, picked on because of the color of her skin. Won't even get hired because of the color of her skin. White women, you are doing it. And I don't know. This is why. This is why the population of the... And, and here's the thing. The... When you look at the uh, the racial uh, makeup and composition of countries now, you realize that there are fewer and fewer white people, right? You do realize that, not just here in America, but in Canada and in 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 Western Europe, right? Okay, so as a group, you are becoming the minority, not just here in America. But everywhere else, okay. So you are doing your little part to make sure that um you stay on top. Is is that how this is appearing to be? Because here's the thing, here's the alarming thing that you guys are not paying attention to. You're still not a one percenter and you're not a two percenter, you're part of the ninety-eight percent. That means you are subject to the same economic forces that the rest of us are subjected to. So you not being part of the billionaire class, when the time comes and the economy crashes, you're going to pay the price just like the rest of us. So as Lyndon B. Johnson said some time ago, so years and years ago, he said, he said this, he said, if you can convince the poorest white men that he's better than the colored man, then you have convinced him all the more. You know what that means? If you can tell the poorest white person that as the poorest person, he's still better than the black man who is the richest person who is richer than him, then you have convinced him all the more. Just think about that. Think about that. 
Right? Think about that. So while you're sitting there fighting, you're fighting for scraps. Because none of us, not me, and not you, none of us are billionaires. None of us are a one percenter or a two percenter or even a ten percenter. None of us are billionaires. So what we're fighting for? Scraps? Because when the inflation drops and when they decide to overturn laws, guess who is impacted? The majority. The 98%. So while you're holding up the 2% and the 1%, they don't care about you. Because when they're ready to fly out of here and go to Mars to live because they're building houses on Mars or whatever, they're not taking you. You're not going to go on it, baby. So cut it down, pipe it down, get to the business of either hiring people who are qualified to do the job instead of just being racist because you think that every black woman is going to be a Michelle Obama and every black man is going to be a Barack Obama. Y'all need to get off, get off it. This needs to stop and this needs to stop right now. I've had it. So many young people are saying, I can't find work. So many young people in the last several years I've had to literally talk off the ledge. So many young people I've had to preach hope into. Even at times when I myself was facing desperate situations, right? I've had to hold people, pray them into wholeness and break strongholds because you are a stronghold. You're sitting there, your ancestors pillaged and raped people and robbed people to make sure you had a 500 year head start. That means you're supposed to, you're not supposed to be in the position of hiring manager. You're supposed to be the owner. You're supposed to be the one percenter, (laughs) not in the 98%. You do realize that, right? That was the whole point of slavery was to make sure that white people would forever be on top. And what have you done with what you started out with? So now here you are, and the best you can find yourself is is that you are hiring people. And that makes you feel powerful. Hmm? I am so over it. Fix this, man. Because at the end of the day, like I said, at the end of the day, guess what? You are still not a one percenter. You are still only what? You're still part of the 98%. And when the reality comes crashing down on you, you realize that you are subject to the same forces. And if you really are about it, if you really are about what is really happening, what you will find is that the Industrial Revolution of the 1700s, they say we're in the fourth iteration of that. Okay, so there's nothing new left for them to develop, innovate, create. So... They have maxed out on everything. They say now that war has become an industry. So when there's nothing else left, there's nothing new to uncover. So after 1981, when we developed uh, the Internet and we developed PCs and private computers and uh, the software innovation that led to smartphones that led to streaming services that led to apps having done all of that they say there's nothing left when there's not no new innovation guess what they turn to war 
That's why there are so many wars popping up because war has become an industry. So instead of building aircraft for commercial travel or are building cars for people to drive or creating new things for people to go to work, creating new industries for massive amounts of people to go to work, war has become the industry. That's why war is prevalent today. When wars happen, it dries out the economies of the world because wars are more expensive. They're funded by taxpayers, right? Okay, as opposed to industry that is spurned by individualism and market forces that drives interest rates. Okay, you get the idea. So when wars become prevalent, then people are in wars. Then what does war produce? Shortages, shortages of food, shortages of resources. When those things happen, then people have no jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And when people have no jobs and they can't take care of their families, what do they do? Say, they start a revolution. So be mindful while you're sitting in your homes, working from home, and you think you are so powerful with your uh, mortgage, that you are so mortgaged to the hilt, and you are maxed out on all of your credit cards because inflation is eating out everything that everybody has. While you are sitting there thinking all of that and feeling like you're powerful, I want you to look at the bigger picture. Look at that 70-inch TV that is in your office that you're watching or the one that's in the family room. I want you to look at the news of the day. See how the interest rates are going up and down. See the inevitability that wars are coming. And that those same wars are going to come crashing down. And that very same lifestyle that you believe you are privileged to have just because you are white. You realize it's not a privilege at all because at the end of the day you are not. Say it with me. None of us are a one percenter. We are all what? Part of the 98%. And as such, we're the first ones they're going to put on the firing line. (laughs) We're the first ones who are going to go. So don't hold it up. So don't sit there and contribute and hold up the fact and think that you are helping the one percenter to prevent other people from having dreams that they could one day become a Michelle Obama or a Barack Obama. Baby, that's not going to happen. There is no reversal of that. But what you are doing is contributing So the 2% or the 1% is believing that they must exercise more control over the remaining 98%. All right. This is Harriet Kemmock and this has been Welcome. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Down to Earth. Be blessed.